Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. I have the pleasure of speaking with Angie Hipple today, who is a channel. She is a speaker and medium from the Judah channel. Uh, Angie is a highly engaging, inspirational speaker with 30 plus years of experience as a women's group leader and recording artist. I just listened to your song, by the way, that was, I really love that. We have to talk about that. It is her honor now to channel Judah, considered the Oprah of the cosmos, who invites in a veritable A-list of higher dimensional beings, such as the Archangel Michael, to join in the conversation about human enlightenment, awakening your power and spiritual wisdom from beyond. Well, welcome, Angie. I just want to say before we begin, because I haven't been um, I haven't been as regular as I would have liked to with the podcast. So you're not dreaming. We did skip last week. Um, I had terrible allergies. So we are back and uh, episodes will be releasing each Friday following this one. So let's begin. Here we go. Yeah, it's really wonderful to meet you. I'm so glad that we found each other on Instagram, all things. (laughs) Love it. So you're in North Carolina and we were just talking about how the other channel I know is in North Carolina, but you're feeling a little, um, one in a, in a <laughs> of, of knots. Of, of well, I, I can relate a little bit to now to the whole coming out of the closet idea <laughs> <laughs> because, um, you know, I, I, uh, kind of held to the Christian tradition and, Uh, since I was a child, seven or eight years old. And about six years ago, I really broke ranks and became like a black sheep. And then uh, this year, I had this profound experience where I began being visited by this angelic group called Judah, and became a channel. And, and so uh, I am really having a coming out of the closet type experience. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so far nobody's come by to burn me at the stake or anything like that so I'm feeling pretty good fingers crossed <laughs> I I feel like because I, I talk to a lot of people who are like who are in this realm and there is I don't personally have this but a lot of people that I know have this like I think ancestral or like past life kind of fear that they're going to be burned or otherwise ostracized from their community because these are probably very real experiences that they had yes yeah 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 for sure and my poor kids they're all adults now and they're super super amazing i have three um but i'm sure that they have some religious trauma you know (laughs) from the kids i'm i'm still in that stage of life you know when they're grown where you start apologizing (laughs) therapy and that kind of thing you know i was the mom who didn't let kids my kids participate in halloween and throughout if they brought home a harry potter book i threw it in the trash that sort of thing so um as they say i've come a long way baby (laughs) wow that's a really big so this must have startled you like Yeah. So about, uh, it's about six years ago, and this is an interesting thread and commonality that I've found, um, with stories that I hear of channels and mediums and different people that there's some sort of, or, or people that kind of enter into enlightened experiments experiences. A lot of times there's a death of a loved one or really serious 
tragedy or a divorce or something really life-changing that somehow um, opens up the door for a happening like this. And I found that I yet have yet to find uh, a person who doesn't tell that as part of their experience. So my dad, about six years ago, so short story is I was married uh, 27 years and, and lived, um, I, I, my father was a Baptist minister of the Jerry Falwell variety. I grew up in fundamentalist Christianity and I, I definitely embraced it as my own and used it the best way I could to try to have some sort of spiritual connection or um, understanding of myself and God. And, and I was married 27 years. I was a school teacher. I did a lot of traveling and leading worship in, and speaking at women's conferences and things like that. I loved it because I loved the music. I read something on a my thread the other day that said um, that I, th I thought I loved worship until I went to a rock concert. And then I realized I just love live, live music. <laughs> my story, right? Um, but anyway, I had three beautiful children and I was just kind of doing my best in life like all of us. And just, but always something wasn't, didn't seem right. So I kind of had this mix going on of Jesus, self-help psychology books. Uh, and those were kind of my medication of, of choice and my addiction of choice. And my husband was a kind of a low key, full-blown alcoholic. So we were dealing with that. And about six years ago, my dad died suddenly. I'm an only child. And I got the phone call when he died and I, I raced into the closet to throw all my clothes. I had to get in the car and drive two hours to be at the hospital uh, to be with my mom. And when I stepped into the closet, this presence came into the closet. It, it, it almost felt like, um, it just felt like complete and total bliss and joy and just like, like, you know, something was just sweeping me off my feet in this incredible, indescribable joy. And I knew it was my dad. And I knew that, you know, he had come to say goodbye and to tell me that everything was okay. And that was kind of all the start of it. So the short form was um, my, my mom and dad owned a family owned business that my daughter and son-in-law and my grandkids were dependent on. And my mother was dependent on that income and three other families. And I was the only child. So when my dad dropped suddenly, I pulled a big rescue and stepped in and tried to run the car business. <laughs> uh, so I was a teacher, teaching school. I had three kids. And on the weekends, I would go and attempt to run this car business amidst grieving. And so there was all kinds of, you know, life shit being thrown in my face. And um, at that time, even before my dad was, was uh, buried in the ground, the longtime employee that he had began stealing from us. So I had that going on too. Oh, wow. And then on top of that, my, my marriage started coming apart. And, and in the midst of all this stuff was just awakening. It was just an awakening, something you know, really transformative was happening for me that I really can't describe. And so um, after my separation and, um, and heading into my divorce, I met this guy who rocked my world and he has been, um, <laughs> I call him the way maker and the button breaker. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's Chuck, my new sweetheart. We've been together a few <laughs> years now. And so I've been kind of like on this bullet train towards um, getting rid of my ego and moving towards something really cool. And and so I, when we headed into COVID, um, I caught I got COVID right away, just as it was beginning to hit the news. My stepson came home from uh, from spring break at college, and uh, everybody got it. You know, well, I got it, and I was down for the count, and I was sick for two years. I had heart problems. I had um, all kinds of things. I won't go into it. It's just a really long story, and I ended up chronically ill. So I came, I went into COVID running three miles a day and being impeccably healthy. And I came out uh, and, and I went through two years of pretty much sitting in my chair and mm. maybe on a good day doing a load of laundry and maybe on a good day cooking a meal. And that was about all I could do for those two years. So wow. some, yeah, so somewhere towards the end of that, um, uh, my, I was, my daughter was getting ready to have her third baby and I was heartbroken because I knew I wasn't gonna be able to be there. I was heartbroken. I did not have the physical strength to get in the car and be present for the birth. So, you know, all the, all this time during these two years, just sitting and meditating and meditating and meditating, dropping all my roles over the last six years. Like I stopped being a teacher. I wasn't the wife anymore. I wasn't the high profile Christian worship leader. I wasn't, I wasn't even a Christian anymore. I didn't, I didn't know I wasn't a Republican anymore. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. When did, I, the, when did the Christian fall off? Like, was that just sort of a natural evolution where it I, just not to resonate anymore? Or was there like a, a moment? It, it was like, um, it was like more like a prison break. It was more like um, I was a slave woman that snuck out in the middle of the night in the dark, like Harriet Tubman and I, and I ran at breakneck speed and never looked back. It was more like that. Mm. And then I just kind of worked through the emotional pieces around it in the last six years. Mm. Um, when I got involved with Chuck, Chuck, Chuck was the total opposite. He is a, a, a hippie. He, you know, was actually there for the sexual revolution and Ram Dass and living in the ashrams and, oh, okay. uh, living with Bhagwan in Oregon. I mean, he was there. He did it, did Seriously? all that, right? <laughs> yeah. He's got some stories to tell. And, uh, and so, you know, he was the opposite of everything I had ever been. And he was constantly confronting my mental constructs and all the belief systems that weren't serving me. And, you know, and I just began questioning everything, everything, everything. So, um, so yeah, it was, um, I, I broke bad. I was breaking bad there. And, but then, uh, you know, I, I had to sort through it all and decide, hmm, did I throw the baby out with the bathwater? <laughs> and so, you know, a lot of my- In other words, like when you stopped following Christian dogma, or I guess however we're going to phrase that, like you were then sort of like, well, no God, like nothing for a little while or I, I, yeah, it was kind of like, well, is there, I think there's a God. Um, but if there, I think there's a God, but I don't think I like him and <laughs> or her or, 
And, you know, I, and I, and I want to give credit where credit's due because during, especially during um, COVID, when I was so sick, I could not get out and be around anybody or do anything. So I was incredibly isolated, like in a, it's so unhealthy, that whole thing. And I feel such compassion for people that have a chronic illness. And so during that time, I would sign on to 12 step meetings and they were, you know, a real lifeline for me. And it was, uh, I had, you know, a reason to be there because my, my kids, all three of my kids are adult children of alcoholic family. My husband, my ex-husband was an alcoholic and he is. And so I had a reason to be there, but I give them credit for this through the 12 steps. I found the freedom to start questioning how I had defined God and hmm. spirituality and, and I began to really just let God be a big question mark for me. And I began to just totally be okay with that. Like, I don't know if God is a who or a what. And, and I just began talking to somebody out there like that. You know, I don't know who or what you are. I think you're there. And I just let everything be a blank page. So getting into the second year of COVID and, and just having two years of literally just meditating, working on myself, feeling my feelings, questioning everything, um, looking at what was inside of me, taking responsibility for myself. Uh, you know, the hardest truth that Chuck continually confronted me with that was new to me, the law of attraction was new to me when I met him. But the hardest thing for me to face was that I was creating everything in my reality, everything and everything in my environment was something I was generating and, and to really embrace that truth and believe it. And, um, and so that just doing that was doing a transformative work in me. So we got to the end of all that. I, I was facing um, not being able to be there for my baby's grandbaby's birth. So I wasn't a teacher anymore. I couldn't be a mom because I had no physical energy or strength. I couldn't be a grandma. I couldn't be a wife. I couldn't have sex, you know, or, or do all the wifely things like cook dinner and all that. All of the things that I defined myself with, I couldn't sing. Oh, that was heartbreaking because mm. I had been a singer since my, I made my first record when I was in my twenties. I'd made four albums. I'd written about 30 songs at that point. I, I had a, a studio, a, a beautiful studio in my home. Uh, I teach piano lessons, music. I couldn't even do that. I could do nothing. Was that a lung capacity thing because you couldn't, or what? What was the the reason behind that? It it was my heart. So uh, when I got COVID, it attacked. Well, my my body, um, my pericard my pericardial sac got really really inflamed in a, an effort to protect my heart from the virus. Mm -hmm. And so it was both, it was just having a hard time breathing and it was my heart Yeah. and my adrenal glands were shot and I, I just had zero energy. Wow. Yeah. So all my, you know, all my, um, things that I define myself were gone and I was of no use to anybody. Um, so I was really letting go of that you know, lie that we all have, that we have to do something to be worthy or be loved or that our life has to equal something or, 
you know. So one night my husband and I were sitting there watching television. We were watching a channeler on TV. Are we watching? Um, through, sorry. So this whole thing, you're still married then? The, this whole this whole illness? I'm newly married. I've been married a little over two years now. Oh, okay. Uh, we married, You're talking about we, Chuck, your new husband. Got it. Okay. Yes. Just, sorry, Chuck. And so we got married uh, actually just a few weeks before COVID, before oh, I got sick okay. with COVID. Okay. So this is our honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> our COVID honeymoon. We married on Friday the 13th in March of 2020. <laughs> We should wow. have known better than to get married on Friday wow. the 13th. What were we thinking? Wow. That's amazing. Anyway, uh, so Chuck and I were sitting on the couch watching TV. We were watching uh, Wendy Kennedy, who's a beautiful channeler. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and we always enjoy watching channelers and different new age. We consume all sorts of podcasts and different things. And he turns to me and he looks at me and he says, you can do that. And I said, well, okay, well, I'm up for that. <laughs> and literally that night I got woken up with my first download. Um, and it was so supernatural. And I, it was, it came, the first one came like automatic writing and it was all about, it was for my new grandson. Hmm. And, uh, and then the next night I told Chuck what happened. I read the channel to him that I had written down and, uh, and the, and the being introduced himself very clearly to, to me with the name of Judah. And so I said, what do we do? And <laughs> we said, well, let's just sit here and see what happens. So we just meditated for a few minutes and this big booming voice came roaring out of my mouth and it, it hasn't stopped since. Wow. So we're six months into this amazing adventure Oh, wow. This, this is like, I'm like right on the, the cusp of, of your, uh, of your channeling journey. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. That's so cool. So what do you think is like most surprising, I guess, about all of this or is it, is it, does it all feel natural or. Um, yeah, well, uh, you know, when you enter that, when I entered this, that state, it feels like um, something I've always been meant to do. And it's just as easy and effortless for me as singing is. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's what's so surprising is that when I come out of that state, I don't really question anything that was said. I, uh, I don't worry about it. I don't feel responsible for it. Um, I feel very at ease, you know, um, and it's it is super surprising and it's it's so miraculous it's just miraculous and um at first it was just judah and judah explained that they are a collective uh fifth dimensional uh angels around 350,000 angelic souls that that work together as one collective mind and that they are what would be called my oversoul if you know that word um, so they are the collective of souls from which I come, from which I came to this earth from. And, um, and so in that sense, they're my higher self. Oh, I lost your, I lost your sound. Sorry. I muted myself earlier because I was typing. Um, so oh, is that what, is that what oversoul means? 
your higher self basically, or. Oh, an over, over soul is a, in my understanding, it's a reference to a group or a co- family of souls that tend to incarnate together. They have um, like purposes and uh, like orientations and reasons uh, for being together. And um, so my understanding is, is that they are a collective evangelic souls. So they're pri- not primarily people, not primarily souls that have incarnated on the earth. Mm-hmm. There are many of them that have, mm-hmm. but most of them are just what we would consider angels. Mm-hmm. They're not like a race, of, like the Pleiadians or Arcturians or that sort of thing. Okay. And there's lots of, you know, in-depth information about their background um, in my book. And I'm happy to answer any questions about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started reading it a little bit last night, actually, as I was going to bed, I listened to your song right before bed and I started, <laughs> I started reading your book. Um, oh, I really loved your song. It was, it, it's, uh, it's always nice to have something that's like a, what a well wish to kind of put you to sleep or a prayer. So I really, oh, I really good. love that. But you said yeah, you have more music too. So that's not online. Just, just. I have, oh yes. I've got tons of music. Um, and I have some new things in the works. And so I have a, a new album that's from this new era of my life called what if, and most of it's inspired by my, um, we have a, a home in the mountains and, and in Charlotte as well. And we kind of split our time between the two. So when I'm there, I'm just super, super inspired by nature to write and um, write songs and things. So what if is primarily inspired by that time of my life and was written both before and during my COVID times. Um, and then, and then I have a, a whole backlog of history of worship music that's still out there too oh gotcha okay so is that under a different name because when i looked you up on spotify it was just the one the one song angie carpenter a-n-j-i-e carpenter (laughs) yeah and then now i'm hippo yeah angie carpenter is all my itunes and spotify and all that stuff yeah okay okay makes sense yeah i have the dual name thing too with my music because i was also in a cult (laughs) (laughs) all right Okay. Tell us about that. (laughs) Well, I've talked plenty about that on this podcast, but yeah, I was, I was in sort of a, well, sort of a la Osho kind of, but it was Yogi Bhajan. Um, And so I was part of that community for eight years. I think I got married into it and we changed our names legally. And so my, my name is Porter by birth, but not legally anymore but I went back to using it as kind of a reaffirmation of my, my actual identity. But yeah, so I, I totally relate to the, um, I mean, it's almost seems like when you were talking about Christianity that you did feel like you were indoctrinated into something, right? I mean, it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think, uh, I don't know about for you, but, um, my soul, you know, my soul was looking for something you know, and so the only context I had was what I was given. Yeah. So I did the best that I could to try to find what I was looking for in that context. 
Yeah. I was always very attracted to Christianity as a child. My parents were not religious, um, but I, oh, when I had a friend who was, whose family was, I always wanted to go to church with them because I just loved that sense of community that, you know, that you get from, I guess, any group of people who, who kind of orient around a, a focus or an intention, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, and that was kind of the only context that I had for it as a child. But then I discovered that there's other, you know, other intentions we can hold in ways that we can gather groups that are um, maybe a little bit more, what should we say, like freedom <laughs> or like fr- more, more free feeling for the people involved. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think our ego just wants to, um, to like build our own kingdom. <laughs> you know, it's a uh, I mean, one of the things Chuck and I, are, we, we have a Sunday night group here in Charlotte that's just forming and we really want it to be a family and we want, you know, I mean, we're not trying to be like preachers or teachers or gurus, you know, um, everybody's equal, everybody's a beautiful enlightened soul, everybody's on their own path and we want to support people in the choices that they make and where they're headed, you know, and um you know, especially I think here in the South, we're dealing with uh, some people, people sometimes have like religious trauma and stuff that, you know, even can emotionally make it difficult just to even go to a place on a Sunday and meet in a room. Oh, wow. <laughs> and okay. Because, and hear someone speak because it's, you know, we've got stuff around that sometimes. So, and is your community music based or is it like a channeling session or what are y'all um providing right now we we were formatting it around uh, just a satsang feel feel that's like our passion and we meditate together and we have some music together and then uh and then we have a channeled message oh, yeah that's yeah so, yeah. And so we're where are you finding people to, you know, to, to join in this? Are, are you, are you teaching workshops or like doing things online or how, how are you connecting with the people in your community? Yeah, well, we're gathering family for sure online. And, um, you know, uh, it's funny cause we were talking about this some last night when we were together in person at Satsang, um, you know, Chuck and some of the others that are there, they, they were, they lived the stuff, right? They actually sat at the feet of an enlightened being. They lived there. They worked there. You know, Chuck spent seven years with Osho. So they have the, the beauty of the intimacy of the, the real tangible physical relationships that happened. And they understand what it feels like to be in the room and feel this profound energy coming off of an enlightened being, you know. And then there's people like me who, you know, I'm the newbies, the new kids on the block. And so my primary primary way of coming into my awakening has been through the internet, through watching Eckhart Tolle, through listening to David Hawkins audiobooks through um, Byron Katie. I mean, so uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, so many enlightened teachers that have formed who I am and, and, and 
informed this whole journey for me. So we were talking last night, like, how do we balance this? You know, you want to have um, places for people to have a real hug from somebody with skin mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. and feel intimacy and feel cared for someone that brings them chicken soup when they're sick or is there for the birth of their kids, you know, so family, but then, you know, also making use of all these resources that we have, you know, one of the things Judah said in channeling is that, um, that everybody's holding an ashram in their hand, <laughs> you know, I mean, we've all got access to, oh my gosh, so much, so many treasures, so much wisdom out there. That's a great saying I like that <laughs> an ashram in your hand <laughs> yeah so we, we want to hopefully have a balance of the two offer both for people yeah 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 it's I, I mean I don't know I've seen I've seen uh so many cult documentaries at this point that like the the but I still love the idea of community you know um I think community is is so valuable and yet we we seem to to i don't think this is true of all communities but so many of the communities i think that i've that i've seen have been built on some sort of hierarchical structure where one person can right. do no wrong and we all you know whatever that person says goes <laughs> and then the thing that we all have in common now is that we think that this person can do no wrong kind of kind of thing you know? right Exactly. And it's not that, you know, it's, yeah, we're, we're all a piece of God. Everybody's exactly okay where they're at in their journey. Yeah. They really are. Nobody's missing it. Everybody's right on time. Everybody's got is living the, the journey that they're supposed to live and connecting with the people they're supposed to connect with. And yeah. And I, I do feel like the inner, the internet, you know, one of the things that Judah has said, well, if you want to, we could just ask Judah, you want to do that? Sure. Sure. Let me, I'm going to close these curtains real quick. It's so neat. Actually, if um, you're listening to this on audio and not on video, let me just describe for you, but the sun is coming in on the, what would it be, <laughs> the right side of your hair. And it just looks like you are bathed in gold. <laughs> I, it's, it's, I love this spot. <laughs> Well, let's just ask Judah, um, what do you want to ask Judah hmm. about these things we're talking about? I guess, I guess a question that, um, I could ask is like, how, how do you start to create community for the, the, unless should I call them like the travel weary? I mean, the people who have kind of seen the dark side of of uh what a, you know what community can can create or or i mean not even the dark side i guess but like just just a side mm -hmm. that wouldn't be pref preferable <laughs> right right okay that's a great place to start okay hello dear one thank you for for creating this platform what a privilege. We, we, we give you honor for your journey and the courage required in your personal journey. 
This question is important. So when we say community, what is it that the soul, the heart really wants? What the heart really wants is the heart wants that mother, father that was so absent or, or lacking, the mother, father, the love, the acceptance, the unconditional love and acceptance. And, and the heart wants those holes, those spaces that are missing to be filled, to be filled with love and acceptance. So how, how do we help these who, who have been so harmed and lacking by false fathers and false mothers or fathers and mothers on pedestals to whom access was restricted. Well, we would say to these fathers and mothers, let the little children, be they young or be they old, let them come to you and don't forbid them, let them come and make space for them and do not turn them away. If they come, let them come. If they go, let them go. And mothers and fathers, we're speaking of spiritual mothers and fathers, such as yourself, my dear. Whomever comes, whomever comes to listen, to watch, to the platform you create, if they choose to stay with you, then you love them like you would your own. You love them like you would your own children and do everything you can to be available and attentive, to look in their eyes when they speak to you and take it moment by moment, day by day. Everyone on earth, with very few exceptions, needs some reparenting. And spiritual and community leaders, very few have the spiritual and emotional resources to reparent another, or they are still in need themselves. So the first step in building community is to take care of your soul, your soul, yourself. And part of the way you do this is this, to be a loving, compassionate, and accepting parent to yourself. If you feel afraid, don't scold yourself for being afraid. Love yourself. Love yourself and let yourself feel afraid and let the wise, loving soul that you are, the part of you that is eternal, the part of you that is perfect, perfectly wise and godlike, let that part of your soul love and nurture and accept the frightened parts of you. Be there for yourself. 
if you want to build a beautiful community, first, be the community that you need, the parts of you, the parts of you that are scared, the parts of you that are sad, the parts of you that have been abandoned, the parts of you that are wise and skillful and, and have leadership capacity. Be there for yourself, for the community that is you, for all of your parts, past, present, parallel, and future. Be there for yourself. And then when you are able to consistently be there for yourself, for the community of all that you are, all your past, present, future lives, all of your various roles, be there for yourself, then you will be able to be there, really be there for another, not just throwing around the word community, uh, not just uh, 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 holding to an ideal that doesn't work out on a practical level, but you will be able to be there for one. When you can be there consistently for yourself and for one other, then the two of you have become a family and a community. So focus there, be there for yourself, the way you wish a community would be there for you. And then when you have some, some solidity and some, some grounding there, then begin building that with one other. If you can do that, then we think you are a giant. <laughs> Wow, that made me cry. Um, Yay. So I needed that. <laughs> you, you're hearing this while it's not a like a complete blur. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you know what? That I, I love to I want to hear what that quickens for you and what it brings up for me just listening to that is my daughter is 30 and she has three beautiful children and she has been like so courageous in that, you know, she was raised in the tradition I described for you. And she was the one child that I had that never adopted Christian philosophy ever. Um, she, I think she knew in her soul that it was, was bullshit, you know, and, and she stayed true to that. And uh, she lives off grid with her partner and her three beautiful children. And they are being super courageous. I mean, they are really trying to break out of the system all the things that aren't working. And she has this big dream for community. And she not only has a dream, she's put her money where her mouth is, you know, and she's really doing the deal and, and she sacrifices for it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's hard for me to watch her sacrifices, but she's feeling what you're feeling. You know, she's got this young baby and she just needs one person, just one to come over and hold that baby for an hour so she can take a bath mm. or take a nap, you know? And um, so I feel you, you know, it's like the talk about community doesn't get it. Yeah. Well, well, and one of the, I'm sure, I'm not sure actually, I'll ask you, I'll put this to you. 
one of the really amazing things that my community provided was that sort of thing. We had this beautiful practice where when a woman gave birth, we would bring meals for her for 40 days. People would come and help clean and take care of, you know, things and so that the mom could be with her baby. And um, I mean, it's in in like talking to other people about, you know, my experience of having not that there weren't other things that made it a lot harder to have children within that community, but that particular thing is, you know, it's unheard of for for people to get that kind of support, which is so sad because it feels like one just kind of basic and easy. I mean, it's not a, a big deal to make one extra meal a day for, you know, for somebody. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that I, I really appreciated that that answer. I have kind of a I thought of a follow up to it. If you if yeah, you let's do it. it, I can go right back in. Um, what what does being there for myself look like, like on a on a daily basis? Yes. Being there for yourself. Wonderful question. Being there for yourself is doing the very hard work of putting yourself first. You, you are the essence of love. Your cells, every part of you is love. Yes, you and all have fearful parts. But you are love. Okay, let us give you a metaphor. We hope this will help. You, the real you, Porter, the real you is so much bigger than Porter. The real you is your soul, what you were before you came into the world as Porter. It is what you will be when you leave the earth as Porter. Your soul is vast and it is completely wise it has perfect intuition and instinct. And you, who you are, is love. So this part of you, for the purpose of this conversation, let us call this part of you your soul. Now, in this metaphor, your soul is the coach. Let's talk about a basketball team for the metaphor. Your soul is the coach. And we have players on the court and these players, these teammates, they are parts of you. Maybe one of the players might be, let's say you are a daughter or a mother or a partner or a singer or, 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 or an entrepreneur. So you have various different parts, you see. And each part represents is represented in this metaphor by a teammate, a team player. And, and we all have these parts 
there they can be a little different for each but we have other parts that we don't want to talk about so much like our angry parts or depressed parts or our bad girl parts you see so you your soul as the coach gets to decide who to put in to play the game who to run with the ball who who to make the shot Sometimes you need to put the mother in the game. Sometimes you need to put the, the daughter or the singer into the game. Uh, sometimes your bad girl parts take the ball and run the show, you see. But ultimately, who is responsible for what happens in the game? It is the coach. So if an undesirable player takes the ball and runs the game, well, you might boo the player, but ultimately the coach must take responsibility, you see. So it is your soul, you see, that is at the helm, that's in charge. And your soul can sit out these players that are not serving you. Maybe let's say one of them is Porter, who was a cult member. Well, parts of that, that part of you may serve you very well and other parts may not. But your soul knows when to put Porter, the former cult member in the game and when to sit her out on the bench. So back to your question, how do you take care of yourself every day? Let your soul be in charge, your soul, your soul, the wise, loving parent. Your soul is the coach. Your soul is the wise, loving parent. Your soul is the Ted Lasso of you. The Ted Lasso of you. And if one of your parts steps up and tries to make a foul play, uh, set him out on the bench. So some days that might mean being quiet. Other days it might mean speaking up because you're being railroaded by someone, you see. But your soul knows, your soul knows the answer of how to care for yourself. If you get confused, ask yourself this. What would a loving parent do for me right now? What would a loving parent do for me right now if your child was feeling sad about something you wouldn't yell at your child and tell them to shape up and grow up and get over it no you would be there for your child you would comfort them and do your best to listen so so do that for yourself be your own loving parent reparent yourself be the guru that you look to 
be that for yourself. Let your soul be your guru. Let your soul be the mothership and let all the other parts of you get in line, in flow, like lesser vessels behind your soul. Any questions about that? No, this is just so perfect. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I love I love the universe. This is just so funny. I literally woke up this morning with this with this like message that I needed to I I mean not in words what you were saying, but the feeling of that. And so I I did a little bit of yoga this morning to like center myself and I was like, I really need to do more for myself. It's nice. so crazy that you're telling me this, but also not because of course. Um yeah that oh i'll share one more thought on that so last night one of the things judah was sharing in our group channel is that um is the two core you know grounding like our two feet on the ground that ground us our two core things that can ground us are love and meditation mm-hmm. so you do the best you can in any moment to love your to love others And if you get confused about how to love others, do what is loving for yourself. This is what Judah keeps saying. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we, you know, we don't, we have so many crazy concepts about what love is and there's so much codependency and attachment and, you know, just the stuff. So if we don't know how to love the other person well in a moment, do what our loving, a loving parent would do for us, love ourselves, and, and, and meditate, just go back and meditate, you know, cause in, in meditation, what happens is our, our soul rises up and take, and becomes the coach again and takes control of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and the soul, you know, our soul is the, I don't know, what are some of the greats out there? The great coaches, um, I, Bear Brian. I love that you mentioned Ted Lasso. That is, he's yeah. so wonderful. Isn't he just the most wonderful character? I know. Thank you, Judith. That was really cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, our soul is like the Ted Lasso, right? And and uh, just intuitively knows what we need and what to do. And so meditation and yoga, I think yoga is a beautiful meditation. It, it can be. And, you know, it's just when we take the time to do that, our soul kind of comes back to the forefront and we just go, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is so delightful. So in in the last few minutes here, can you let everyone know how they can get in contact with you and how they can follow what you're doing? And I'll include all your links in the podcast description. So there's no need to sure, that would worry be great. about that. <clears throat> okay. So um, I'm Angie, A-N-J-I-E. It's spelled a little different. Angie Hipple, my, um, all my music can be found under Angie Carpenter and Angie Carpenter Hipple. And, um, my website is the And that's J U D A H the judahchannel.com. And my YouTube is the Judah channel. And, um, we, Judah, Judah obviously is one of the, the host kind of the, the kind of gatekeeper for all the different beings, but, um there's we have pleiadians that come through arcturians zeta reticuli 
the Archangel Michael. We've had visits from Gabriel. It's, Edgar Casey shows up occasionally. We have lots of different friends that show up and um, we just stay open. And, and I would love to hear from anybody. Uh, you can email me there. We're on Instagram, Facebook, the Judah channel, the Judah channel, Judah channel. And I, I, if you do Facebook or Instagram, I try to have live channels a lot on Facebook and YouTube. Oh, that's exciting. Okay, cool. So definitely go follow her on Instagram and Facebook so you can get those live channels. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And I, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I was just going to say, I, um, if people shoot me you know messages on one of those platforms with a question for judah i i will do my very best to to channel a message and shoot it back to you that's so So i'm I'm up for that take her up on that all right yeah oh thank you so much angie it was so wonderful meeting you and getting the opportunity to hear from judah Yeah. yeah please stay in touch absolutely you too all right bye everyone <laughs> bye Thanks for tuning in. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, whatever your podcast platform offers you as a way of letting the algorithms know that you are enjoying these podcast episodes. Really helps. And if you would like to stay in touch with me, Porter, you can do so at portersinger.com. Sign up for my mailing list, get a free download. See you in the next episode and have an inspired day. Bye.